Praise God, it is good to, to be back. It's good to be back here at Sweet Communion and in the house of the Lord. God did bless us on our, our time away. It was a busy time. Uh, it was a fruitful and a, a good time. So we thank you for carrying on in our, in our absence, and we thank you for your prayers during that time. Um, just, just a moment about the time we, we, we had the couples retreat last weekend. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I was able to, uh, to present God's word as the main speaker in that retreat. It was in Indiana, out about 90 miles southwest of Indianapolis, um, in a small area there. But it was a beautiful place and a beautiful getaway for couples. And I would recommend it for any of, of our couples who want to plan the getaway. Uh, no children. You just, you just go and you, and you uh, participate. So if you, you want more information about it, uh, the organization is called Committed for Life Marriage Retreat. And uh, very well done. I don't know who the, the next speaker is, but it, it promises to be something that is, is worth your while. It's not cheap, but it's worth the price of, of doing so I could recommend that um, to to to, uh, to any of our how um, long you've been married or how short your 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 marriage has been uh, it'd be a blessing to you tonight we get back into our series in Acts and we'll be looking at the last part of Acts chapter 9 we'll look at two miracles and um, how they they uh, they set the scene for God's work, ministry, and the gospel going out. So look with me in Acts chapter 9, uh, verse 32. We ended last time right around 31. Last part of verse 31, it says, And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. We talked about the church. We talked about the church was one entity, but it was made up of all the believers uh, and it was scattered throughout that area, and that's what God's plan was, is to, to bring believers and, and take the gospel and scatter it out like seed and see it grow and multiply. And that's exactly what's happening. Verse 32 now, as, now, as Peter went here and there among them, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Anas, Anas bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. This is, this is God's work. God's doing miracles. Um, he's, he's, uh, uh, He's the one who does and provides the miracle. This is the same work that Jesus did, and so Peter is doing this. This is the power of God going out. You see, um, though, the, the effect or the impact of this miracle. It says there, immediately he arose, in verse 34, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. The, the impact of that is to awaken faith in individuals. They might see God's mighty work and come and turn to the Lord. Um, 
And that, that's why God does this. You, you ask the same question, why did Jesus do so many miracles? Um, some want to, to kind of say that, well, he's, he's bringing in this transformation um, and, and he's healing people in that. Really what he's doing is healing people just to b draw attention to his power and his work so that they might learn to glorify him. Are you glorifying God as a result of his power and his work? Is his power and work in your life turning you to reflect on him and be in awe of him and trust in him even more? We share testimonies on Sunday night and we come here for prayer on Wednesday. And, and you, you ought to be drawn in more and more, more and more into serving God because of what you see him doing, what you know that he has the power to do. And we pray with that same thing in mind. We, we pray. Um, in fact, we titled this, this kind of series through Acts, And So They Prayed. Um, we see God's work in mighty ways, and so we pray that God will continue his work to bring glory to himself. Um, you can pray, um, you know, I pray for my father who's not, who's not doing very well. He's getting older and older and he's having more uh, challenges and ailments. But uh, uh, behind those prayers is, is that God will give him a testimony to share with those who see him, whether it's in the medical field of, the, of, of, of the, where he goes or his family to bring them to faith and, and bring them to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're praying God's purpose and God's will in all this. Not just fix me, Lord, um, and, and, and amen, and I'm glad you did that, but he's doing that for a purpose. Doing that for a purpose. Let's move quickly to the next incident, verse 36. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. So we see this part of them preparing her body for, for uh, burial and for funeral. And uh, here's a servant of the Lord um, who dies. It tells us, verse 38, that uh, Peter was near that area, so he came by, they invited him to come, and, and he gets there. Look at verse 40. Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed and turned to the body. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up, then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. You see the result again? Many believed in the Lord. This, indeed, is a great miracle. God is showing to his people that the works that Jesus did are now being done by the apostles to the effect of drawing people's attention to the Lord Jesus Christ. What about the work he's doing in your life? Are you using that to point people to Christ or are you just pointing to yourself? Look what I got and I'm so glad I got this or uh, it's a benefit to have this. But you need to be pointing them as a testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that's for the purpose of, of these miracles were. And you see that stated in the text itself. Many people came to believe. Often thought, you know, Jesus in his lifetime, he healed several people. Uh, he, he even raised the dead such as this. But you know what? Those people eventually got sick again. Those people eventually did die. Uh, Dorcas or Tabitha is not living today. Um, and what does that say? It, it says that he had a purpose in doing that. Now, there's coming a time when the dead will be raised incorruptible. We'll all be changed and we will live forever with the Lord. That time has not come yet. So what he's doing in healing is not to bring about the permanent change of the new bodies that we're going to have, but simply to show that he's able to do that work. And he is worthy of us and everyone else trusting him and believing in him. And so when he's doing a work in our lives, we need to let people know for that same purpose. You can trust in God because I, you, you can see him working in my life. The purpose of you see the blessings that I have, the working of God in my life, is not to magnify me or to lift me up. It is so that you might be reminded of who did that, who's doing that, and you will go to trust in him. So keep that in mind as we pray. We pray for God's will, not just for our convenience or for our pleasure. Um, we pray that God's work will be done. We pray that God will be magnified in what he's doing and how he does it, that, that other people would, 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 would see Christ and glorify him. So let's keep that in mind uh, tonight as we pray. Sin. Sometimes what we hear will even challenge what we previously thought. It says, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, behold, I'm about to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. Yet you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall your tears run down. Sigh, but not aloud. Make no mourning for the dead. Bind on your turban, put your shoes on your feet. Do not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men. So I spoke to the people in the morning, and at evening my wife died. And on the next morning I did as I was commanded. And the people said to me, Will you not tell us what these things mean for us, that you are acting thus? Then I said to them, the word of the Lord came to me. Say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'll profane my sanctuary, the pride of your power, the delight of your eyes, and the yearning of your soul. And your sons and your daughters whom you left behind shall fall by the sword. And you shall do as I have done. You will not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men. Your turban shall be on your heads and your shoes on your feet, and you shall not mourn or weep, but you shall ride away your iniquities and groan to one another. Thus shall Ezekiel be a sign according to all that he has done, you shall do. When this comes then, you will know that I am the Lord God. As for you, son of man, surely on the day when I take from them their stronghold, their joy and glory, the delight of their eyes and their soul's desires, and also their sons and daughters, on that day a fugitive will come to you and report to you the news. On that day your mouth shall be open to the fugitive, and you will speak and be no longer mute. So you will be assigned to them, and they will know that I am the Lord.
happened to you? What was the sign for? What was the lesson? It was going to go through. What was the lesson? Ezekiel felt about all this. about this and put this in his book. Why did he do that? Obedience? What else? Christ, isn't it? And the thing about it is, I know a lot of modern, revisionist, hateful people, they'll look back on God's word and act like, you know, every husband was a wife beater that that's not the case here. It says, I will take away the delight of your eyes. So this is not somebody who just married with convenience. This is somebody who really loved his wife. Voice was taken away from him. Later on, you see, he was not able to say anything until these things came to pass. One thing that it gives me is the importance God gives to salvation. Just think about this. God wanted his message to be so stark for them that he was willing to take away Ezekiel's wife to make that message that start. It puts to me the importance of God's listen to that he's willing to do anything to reach us given his own son. He didn't hold back his own son. He didn't hold back Ezekiel's wife. There's many sacrifices. All the apostles died. Stephen died. A lot of the prophets died. You look at the book of Hebrews, we told going through chapter 11. All those people go through all that suffering. Why? For his word to be complete. So that we could come and learn to understand what God has for us. God's word is a heavy burden, but it's a heavy burden because it speaks to our eternity. It's that important. Everything else comes second. It's important above anything else, but love for God before anything else. Amen. you guys just ain't the same when you're not here Brian did a good job we all we all did a good job but we really missed you so thank God you're back um, I wanted to just do a little something here and it it speaks to um, how we try to fix our own problems or how we forget how much God has done for us and I want to just give an example. This struck me as I studied through it. Uh, I am going to be coming from Mark chapter 8. I'm going to read a few verses. And I'm going to start in verse 14. Jesus had done miracle after miracle in the presence of the disciples. He had fed 5,000. He had fed 4,000. And... Uh, just leaving one of those miracles in verse 14 of chapter 8, it says this. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And so Jesus mentioned to them, and he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and leaven of Herod. And I just want to point out how the disciples kind of missed Jesus' point. 
But what's more pointed to me is how Jesus talked to the disciples. And the disciples above all should have known uh, the power of Jesus, who he was. He did miracle after miracle in front of them. And I think it's a lesson for us here. In verse 16, they say, and they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. <laughs> and Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? And when he's asking, is your heart hardened? He's asking, um, are you not being rebellious? Don't you know? There's a lot in that, in that word that he's asking there. Are, are your hearts hardened? Are your hearts hardened? He asked this question. Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? And so he goes on to rehearse what he did. When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? To me, this is a point, this is really pointed because above all people, the disciples should have known they're asking for bread. <laughs> Jesus had just fed 9,000 people and did miracle after miracle. And it, the thought came to my mind about how sometimes we try to fix our own selves. We try to fix our own things, forgetting what Jesus did for us. The disciples, this is a, a serious lesson for us, looking at what the disciples did or didn't see. And the questions that Jesus asked them, he must have just been shaking his head. You do not yet understand. Do you not yet understand? And so uh, the thought came to me about saying, Lord, help me in my unbelief. When I'm in that bind, that I need, that I think only I can fix, forgetting what you have done for me. It just reminded me how fickle we are when it comes to what God's done in our lives. And so, uh, just as a pattern for our prayer tonight, remember what God has done for us. Don't forget, don't be asking about the bread and he's been feeding you all the time. <laughs> so, let's just... Uh, Take a hold of what God has done for us. That's just a little uh, pattern for how we should pray tonight, thanking God for what he's done and what he continues to do and asking him to forgive us for our unbelief when we doubt him because we do it a lot. You know, we need a job. We need to pay a bill. We need uh, this fixed. We need that fixed. Lord, how am I going to do it? Forgetting about what God has done for us and continues to do. And it just blew my mind how the disciples were. And it goes to how Peter uh, denied Jesus, how Thomas doubted. And it's a picture of us. We do the same. So uh, I'm going to just pray tonight. And then I'm going to ask Lawrence or who comes up tonight. So I'm going to just bow in a word of prayer, asking the Lord to, uh, to help us in our doubting, in our unbelief. Lord God, we thank you for the lessons that you have in your word, Lord. As Brian just presented, 
the cost of salvation. And here in this picture, the closest people to you, Lord, your disciples, doubted and forgot what you've done in their lives, Lord. And Lord, let not that be thought about upon, uh, among us, Lord. Your word has been given to us for an example of what to do and what not to do. And this is a perfect picture. So Lord, forgive us in our unbelief or in the situations and times when we try to fix things and take you out of it. Let us not be like the disciples in that situation. Help us, strengthen us, and keep us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take some prayer requests. Who has prayer requests? I thought I saw your hand. Whose hand was that then? It was Bree's hand? I, <laughs> I saw it at the corner of my eye. <clears throat> A little bit more insight about my mother. She went to the hospital on Friday morning. It was like super early in the morning. Because she felt like she was having a stroke. And she did. She had a mini stroke. And while she was at the hospital, she had another mini stroke. Um, so she seemed like she was getting better, and then her symptoms got worse, and they realized that she had another one while she was there at the hospital. Um, so she has gone home, but she is not allowed to be by herself currently. So she needs a little bit of assistance until she gets through, like, the physical therapy aspect of it. So we are considering some options for making sure she has what she needs, and she can't work. So that's the other thing, just trying to make sure she is able to not be homeless would be a big one. So, Vanity. Go ahead. So the guys holding your spot is what you're saying. So they're getting you ready, and then they're going to be like, hey. That's what it sounds like. I get to hear. Something we can add is the summer ministries that we've got coming up. Boys camp, girls jump rope camp, um, the picnic, the plays. We're going to be looking at doing men's fellowships and women's fellowships again so we're trying to get a lot of things going and even some church fellowships all aside from service so we can get to know and love one another in a different way so Mr. jobs who's praying for a job raise your hand praying about your job poor job for a better job situation things going on on your job if you don't like your job, if you don't like your job, that's too bad. That's what God got you. Get a better attitude, right? <laughs> so just keep those who have their hands raised for uh, prayer about jobs, especially those who will not have jobs here pretty soon. So it's a scary thing looking into it going, hmm, pretty soon. How am I going to take care of myself? And then you got to start thinking, no, God is going to take care of me. I just got to start trusting that he's going to do it. So 